Welcome to A Brew and a Biscuit, a podcast for those who want to live a more intentional life and take a different path. I'm your host, Nicolette LaFonseca. So we're already at episode nine, and this is also means that Episode 10 is next week, and episode 10 means that it's the end of the prize draw, and on episode 10 I will be announcing who has won the hamper. I couldn't have a launch party, so I created a hamper. All you need to do to be in with a chance to win the hamper is to rate and review this podcast. You can do that on iTunes. If you're not an iTunes person, you can do it on Podchaser or Podcast Addict. Then because I would need to find you to send your lovely prize, you just need to let me know that you have rated and reviewed. You can just send me a little screenshot or a photograph of the review so I can match your name to your reviewing handle, which is usually a different name. You can do that by finding me on Instagram. I'm at Archie in the Rug. You can just send me a DM or you could email me nicolettebrewpod at gmail.com. So this episode is called Six Ways to Be More Sustainable and I wanted to give you six things that you could do today that will make you more sustainable but I wouldn't be me if I didn't just go into what sustainability means a little bit more because we can use these statements and I've said it before in previous episodes when really big concepts get reduced to a hashtag or some sort of greenwashing I'm looking at you fast fashion. These things are actually quite big concepts with quite big thinking behind it. So I thought I'd talk a little bit more about what sustainability is anyway. And then I will give you my six things you can do. So my first port of call whenever I want to look at a word or look at a phrase and think what does it actually mean is I just use the dictionary. So what the dictionary says is sustainability, the ability to be maintained at a certain rate or level. Well, that's the thing with quite abstract statements like that is people can take it and run with it and make it mean whatever they want. So I looked to see at some universities and some groups and see what they said. And one that I really liked the idea of was the McGill University. And they say, sustainability means meeting our own needs without compromising the ability for future generation to meet their own needs. The reason I like that definition is because it talks about sustainability in a way where we can all start to envisage the practical applications that would make our lives and our decisions more sustainable. The truth is you can really go down an absolute rabbit hole when it comes to looking at sustainability. There are no universally agreed definitions. There are so many viewpoints coming from so many different angles because sustainability means so many different things depending on where you're coming from. If you're an environmentalist, if you are in government and you have to make sure that everybody is happy in your country, that is going to mean decisions about energy and education and food and um, GDP and all of those things. So sustainability is a, a little bit like a can of worms in terms of finding a universally agreed viewpoint on it. Going back to the dictionary definition, it doesn't really mention humans or the environment. It's just about maintaining things at a certain level. 
But today, when we talk about sustainability, we're talking about the methods and processes that humans use to avoid the depletion of natural resources. And that has become the general understanding of what sustainability means. Today, when we talk about it, it's about the balance between natural ecology and the quality of life that modern society wants to maintain. Now, many will argue, this is when I said nobody agrees, many will argue that the ecological side cannot be truly balanced without decreasing modern quality of life. Others will argue that actually it could be balanced with the ecological side, but white Western societies do not want to maintain their standard of modern life. They actually want to make it even more comfortable. And in this pursuit, either nature or other more oppressed or colonialised nations suffer. You see, sustainability is a much bigger word and a much bigger concept than what reusable cup we're going to choose. And that's not to say that our personal choices and how we live our lives isn't important. It's just to say that we need to always be thinking of a much bigger picture. I think something that we can all agree on is that Many of the decisions that were made in the past did not have sustainability in mind. And that's not me just poo-pooing the Industrial Revolution, because there is no era that was all bad or all good. For example, the level of craftsmanship, or maybe craftspersonship, but we're not, you know, we've not moved on with our language yet in gender terms. But the craftsmanship as the modern vernacular still says, was much higher back in, in those days of nostalgia. And one of the parts and one of the recognised models of sustainability is to keep things and to use things and have things lasting longer and do away with, you know, a throwaway society. And it's these things, when we look at where we are now, sort of talking about decisions we need to make for today, but still dealing with decisions that were made generations ago, we hear the term sustainable development. And that's where that comes from, because we're trying now as a society to say, okay, we screwed up. Let's see what we're doing now, whether it's going to be more sustainable or not. But even then, because there are different pillars of sustainability, people can't agree on what truly is sustainable development and what is just sticking that word in because it meets one of their needs. And I'm looking at the shareholders now. But you cannot look at sustainability from a purely nature-based model. There is an environmental standpoint that is absolutely important because we live on the earth. So there are three recognised pillars of sustainability, and that's the economy, society, and the environment. One writer who has um, said a lot of things that resonated for me is John Elkington, seen as the grandfather of sustainability and sustainability writing. He wrote Cannibals with Forks, and he's also on a lot of different think tanks. And he says that every company should be considering the three principles that I mentioned, the three pillars of sustainability as the bottom line. So when you are in a capitalist society, which we are like at Olympic, that the bottom line goes beyond merely profit and loss, but actually looks at the three pillars of the economic part, the society and the environment. What impact is a company having on the environment? What impact is it having on the society around it? and also the people within it and that knock-on 
effect of the people who work there and the economy. So it cannot just look at the bottom line in terms of the economic model. And when you look at companies and governments who have used just a purely economic standpoint on their decisions, it's incredibly short-sighted and short-focused. If you focus on the short-term profits and not the sustainability of what you're doing, it doesn't just have a knock-on effect on the environment or on the distribution of wealth or on the happiness and well-being of the people who live on earth. It also then in turn has an economic effect. And I think In so many different fields, we're seeing that because decisions have been made and now people are having to clean up messes and make new choices and better choices. And those cleanups don't come for free. And I'm not just talking about the obvious cleanup of, you know, we've spilt a bunch of oil in the North Sea. I'm talking about all of the different things that you're having to clean up backtracking on quick, fast decisions that were made in heavy industries. And the cleanup, the the economic impact is big. It actually goes into how much they're spending on marketing and PR and spin. All of those things have got to be taken into account. On so many levels, it's an absolute false economy to not have sustainability. The three, all three pillars of sustainability at your core as a business. One thing that many people are talking about now, and it isn't as trendy a word in terms of sustainability, it isn't a a big hashtag yet. I'm sure it will come, and I'm sure people will greenwash using this word, but regeneration, because sustainability is there. But if you think about the damage that has been done, not just to economic models, and I'm talking about the fact that there is such poor distribution of wealth, not just in within one country but globally poor distribution of food poor distribution of wealth and resource but also the level of damage that has been done to the environment and the depletion of resources is huge it's gone way be- beyond maintaining and that's when the word sustainability is maintaining if we to look at the etymology of it whereas regeneration is about looking at ways that we can replenish and repair as well as move forward in a more sustainable way. So for me, I like to think about sustainable development as us moving forward in a better way and regeneration as repairing our decisions in the past and the decisions we're still making now, if we're honest. Okay, so let's look now at six sustainable things that we can do today to start to make a difference. And again, These are based on how I choose to view sustainability. Like I said, not everyone agrees and that's okay. So my first suggestion is to go big. Now you can be an armchair activist, but take that armchair activism beyond sharing a meme on Facebook. Go and support an NGO that's a non-governing organisation who lobbies for better sustainable methods and sustainable development or even that is looking at regeneration or rewilding projects. Do your research, though. Don't just start supporting someone without fully knowing who you're supporting. The other thing you can do is to hold brands accountable. So often we're all ready to attack one another for the decisions we're making. Um, Oh my goodness, that mum just gave their child a packet of crisps and crisp packets are a terrible thing. We will readily hold one another 
to account, but we don't hold brands up to account. A great example of this is Oakley. Oakley is a company that set themselves up in a really sanctimonious way of, you know, telling everybody how brilliant and how great they were. And then they did not just give 40% of their company to Blackstone, who are eradicating the rainforest. They courted them, they wooed them in order to get them as an investor. And so many people were getting into an argument online about whether or not you should or should not be using an Oakley product and attacking one another on a personal level, when really we should be holding these big brands to account. We should be saying to brands who are bringing out so-called, in adverting commas, sustainable ranges, actually, that's not good enough we're not going to be convinced by your greenwashing and we need to do that en masse all the time and be that person who writes lots of letters. Hold them accountable. Go local. Now there is an understanding or a marketing ploy to say that eating from local food or using small and local businesses is always more expensive therefore it's the choice of the middle class but actually it's not always the case. I'm very lucky where I live, there are a lot of smaller businesses, but I've noticed that, for example, Wasted in Hebden Bridge, which is one of the places that is one of the zero waste places where you go and you take your jar and they fill it up, are always cheaper than Tesco, they're cheaper than Lidl, I know they are, and they're a local business. Again, going to my market to buy my fruit and vegetables, going to the market to buy all the cheese, it always works out cheaper than a supermarket. And I've tried this, I've tested this, and I feed a family of four on £200 a month, and I do that consistently with homemade produce. I'm mostly bought from local markets and shops. Number three, just become more educated about sustainability. Get yourself some books. I mentioned it in the interview I did with Stacey, the book called Wasted by Katie Trugadden. That's a really good book about the circular economy. Go and look up about circular economy. By learning more about it, it will inform you to make better decisions and to start looking with a more sceptical eye about the companies and brands that are out there. When you can, make those choices. When you are backed into a corner, those are the things you have to buy and do, but write the angry letters and make your voice heard. Number four, start to become more zero waste in your kitchen. Make sure that all your leftovers are used. Take your vegetable peelings, boil them, make stock, and then you can still compost the boiled vegetables afterwards. You can eat your, not just eating your leftovers, do something exciting with your leftovers. Avoid the single-use plastics and Actually, don't buy into the fact that you think sustainability comes with an aesthetic. It doesn't. I did this in the slow living myth busting episode. There is no aesthetic uniform to sustainability. All of the jars that I use for produce that I've got from the weighing places, the jars that we've had and we I wash and I sterilize and I reuse, everything is reused. This brings me to number five which is use what you have and fix things. There is no need to go and buy a whole set of products. You know, there's no need to sit there saying, well, I'd love to be more sustainable, but 
I really can't afford those wonderful jars that are from this shop that has been just recommended by an influencer. You don't have to have those. You've got things in your house. Use those. If I'm going to do something in my home or I need to make something or change something with the house decor, I always look at my own home and look what I already have. Can I repurpose an old jumper that I don't wear anymore? Have we already got some paint that might not be the perfect paint, but actually it will do the job for this? Can we make a planter with the bits of wood that we took up from the floor the other year? Yes, we can. Use what you already have and also try and see what is already in existence in the world around you. When, you, when you've depleted your home, when you haven't got anything else that you personally have, have a look and see what's on those free groups that uh, pop up all the time. And when that's exhausted, hit the charity shops. And when that's exhausted, then you go and buy something. Okay, so lots of things aren't made to the standard that they used to be, but you know that is slowly changing, hopefully. But see what you can fix. And if you can't fix it, see if you have a friend who can fix it and do a skill swap. You know, I'll do this, you fix this. There are so many things that you can fix and it doesn't need to look pretty. And that's okay now because it's trendy. Before, when I was fixing things, I was just bullied for looking like a ragtag. If you look on my Instagram, I've got a little stories highlight where I fixed the most gaping of holes in my pyjama bottoms. And they were right on my bum. I live in West Yorkshire. My bum gets cold. So I needed to fix it. And it was a big fix. And it looks fine. And it's comfy. And it, it now has kept those pyjamas in circulation and out of the landfill. I keep things upstairs, under the bed, in order to use them as either a blanket when they can't be repaired or to be patches on other things that need repairing. So there was, there's always something. There's always a way to fix something and there's a huge resurgence in repair cafes and local repair swaps. So really go out there, find out what's around and utilise it. If you don't have the skills, somebody else will. And number six, a chemical reduction. And that means try to reduce as many of the harsher chemicals that you use so that you're making sure that things are not sitting and damaging the environment when they're washed down your sink. For example, cleaning products, I actually spend a lot less money by using white vinegar, which I buy for very little for almost everything. I will put a link in the show notes to a blog post where I I share some really simple chemical-free cleaning product recipes. Also, with your face and your hair, you can use things that you can forage, grow or find in your kitchen. I will also put a link in the show notes to where you can sign up to my newsletter. Um, I send emails of really fun Spotify playlists, um, links to things that you should be inspired by, other people's blog posts that are interesting to read, but also I am addicted to making ebooks. And when you sign up, I can send you an ebook which is filled with lots of natural hair care and skincare. I haven't washed my hair with commercially bought shampoo for three years. And you can make all sorts of different things. You can even make a sticky tape with things that you find around the house and paint it onto paper and it's actually really effective. I've sent parcels with it. So just to recap on the six things that I I am choosing in my definition of sustainability. Number one, lobby for better. Go big, be loud, send those letters, send those emails. Number two, go local. Use things that are 
local and it's not just about food sustainability and eating closer to home or food miles well that's another whole topic but it's also when you think about the three pillars of sustainability it's the economy it's society and environmental now by supporting your local businesses you are supporting your local society and the local economy there is a place for big conglomerates there is a place for big business yes there are some very large companies who are good to their staff but by and large, larger companies, they're not paying their full corporation tax. They are having huge layoffs all the time to satisfy shareholders. They have zero-hour contracts. They're not great places to work. So that doesn't really feed into the society model or the economic aspect. Number three, become more educated. So that will automatically, just by learning about sustainability and reading more and con- consuming more knowledge, you will make better decisions because you will feel more well informed. Ask yourself who owns that company. There is a whole lot of, especially with food, companies that then get swallowed up by other companies and that's just another kind of greenwashing. I will put another link in the show notes to a blog post I have written a while ago now about why we don't shop or buy from any of the big 10 food companies and there's a really interesting infographic in there. Number four, create a zero waste kitchen. You know, that's one of the the main things that we can do that you can just do today is just to waste less food and there's really imaginative ways you can you can think about that number five fix things and use what you have and number six the chemical reduction i really hope that you found this episode interesting and i think this is the most amount of links i'm ever going to put in the show notes so i've given you a lot to to think about and consider and um please engage in a conversation with me if you've got some thoughts on sustainability because it's a very interesting topic and i would love to hear your thoughts on that and i'll speak to you again next week